Hi, welcome to another edition of the Warriors Weekly Podcast, Warriors Off Court, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Ann Killian. I'm sitting in for Connor Letourneau. I'm a San Francisco Chronicle sports columnist. I'm sitting here with another San Francisco sports columnist, Scott Osler. Hi, Scott. Hey, Ann. How you doing? I'm great. Today, we're going to talk about a couple things that have been happening with the Warriors or Warriors-related. Um, a little bit about stress of the upcoming season, maybe a little bit about sorrow in the form of yet another injury for a former Warrior, and uh, maybe a little bit about um, Steph, which is, uh, he continues to be um, sports most um, perfect human being. Coolest <laughs> guy, for sure. For sure. So we'll be right back to talk about those things. Welcome back to another edition of Warriors Off Court. I'm Ann Killian. I'm a San Francisco Chronicle sports columnist, and I'm here with my colleague and buddy, Scott Osler. Scott, are you getting ready for another? <laughs> you woke Warriors? me up. That was startling. Go ahead. <laughs> getting ready for another Warriors season. It seems like it was just yesterday that we were uh, wrapping one up um, and wrapping up Oracle, and now we're about to uh, open up Chase. you have any thoughts about what? what the season is going to be like? Well, it's going to be exciting because it so many new different parts. Forget about for a minute about the new arena, but uh, so many different players and just a whole different kind of atmosphere and vibe and everything like that. And I don't know, I'm, I'm looking at it kind of as a, a season long stress test. And there's, I don't know if you've ever seen that TV show bar rescue yes. where the guy comes in I like that and, show. and save, I love it and saves the bar. And there, there's a, every time he does it, uh, he comes in and tries to shape the guys up real fast in the bar and then they have that night, they have a stress test where they bring a bunch of people in and slam the staff and how fast can you make drinks? And they see where the, who, who breaks down, who can't handle the pressure. And in a way that, that season is going to be like that for the Warriors, I think they're going to be stress because they're not going to be, they're not going to start 15 and 0. They're going to have some, <laughs> I know it's my prediction. It's crazy, but uh, so they're going to run into problems. And, and when that happens, you know, stuff starts breaking down, tempers flare, fans to get angry and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, I think uh, it's what I, when it comes to stress, I think there is going to be a lot of stress and pressure on Steve Kerr. That's going to be brand new for him. He is not going to be coaching a team to a championship. Like that's been the assumption at the beginning of every season, except his first. And the assumption there was he'd get them pretty far in the playoffs. They ended up winning it all. But so this is a, a he's going to be working under in some ways less pressure, but in other ways more pressure because, you know, he's always been, I think, unfairly, but tagged with the, uh, oh, you know, just roll that team out. Anyone could coach him. Bunch of superstars. Um, he's going to have a, a lot more challenges, a lot of different challenges this year. Yeah. And he's kind of prepared this, pre prepared us and himself for this all along by saying uh, that he knows that this that run at the top that they had for five years, that's not sustainable over 10, 15 years. Yeah, that, he knows that's not the way dips, the NBA right? really works. Yeah, and he keeps telling us that. And he's also told us that he's in coaching for the long run. He didn't just come in to win some championships and then, and then go retire. That he basically, he's, he's told us that he's prepared for the downtimes, that he that that's another, factor, fact, uh, another facet of coaching, that he sort of embraces that challenge. So I, we'll see if he really embraces it, right? I, I think he will. I mean, I think intellectually he definitely will. Um, I think you're right. He's kind of talked about uh, when, for for a couple of years, about when this is over, what it's going to be like, and kind of 
being excited. And I think knowing that he has his foundation, um, which he that he might be in a better shape than he thought he would be, you know, because they with 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 knowing that all three of the the original guys are going to be there for for the long haul, um, I think gives him uh, maybe more security than he would might have thought coming out of this championship era. The other the other stress area that I'm a little concerned about is just um, and Steve is going to have to manage this, but. There are three guys who are championship players who are very proud, who are feeling disrespected um, by the fact that people think that they're just not even a contender this year. And I I get a little concerned at, at the age that Steph and Clay, well, Steph and Draymond are, because they're the ones who are going to start out carrying the burden, that they're going to try to maybe do too much. And, you know, they their bodies have already, you know, have a lot of wear and tear on them for their ages. And then... If there's, you know, the push to maybe get Clay back, and we're we're seeing with Jimmy G at the 49ers that, you know, you don't just pop back from an ACL injury. It used to be considered a career risking injury. Now people are like, oh, it's just an ACL. He'll be fine. Clay will be back after the All Star break, right? And I I think that's also an area of stress. Like they can't put too much pressure on trying to push Clay back if they're in contention. Yeah, my thinking is that that Steph will be the least of the guys affected by the pressure because he's just is more level headed. He's to me, he's more motivated just by being wanting to be more and more excellent. He's, he's never gone for the thing like, Oh, what motivates me is when people hate me. Right. Uh, he, he's been more like, I just love playing ball. And so I want to get better at it. So I don't see him sort of folding under the pressure or being adversely affected, but Draymond is a different character and we've seen him mature, but he's a guy who, has often told us that he is driven by the, the haters and stuff like that. So we'll see if that's true because there are going to be more haters. Right. And he just sat down with Rachel Nichols, um, I guess it was last week, and, and had a pretty – it was a pretty entertaining conversation as it almost always is with Draymond. And he talked about um, being motivated by, you know, getting that chip back on his shoulder of being disrespected. And um, he also said that he learned a lot last year because he um, wasn't in the best shape. He had kind of a lousy year, and then he got in great shape and killed it in the playoffs. And he feels like he can sustain that next year, which, one, it begs the question, like, you know, he's, what, a seven- or eight-year veteran now? Like, why did it take (laughs) – you know, he's been through this before. Why did it take – you know, why did it take until March to wake up? But yeah, is he going to come back forty pounds heavier for the, for the start of the <laughs> I season? I can lose even more. Before. <laughs> but um, I, I do. Um, I know he's motivated by being disrespected. But again, can he sustain the kind of effort we saw in the playoff? The way Draymond plays, I don't think in the NBA it's realistic that you can sustain that kind of crazy all-out effort on both ends of the court. And also, do you want that from him? Even at his, you know, uh, he's twenty-nine, yeah. I believe. Um, and so it's it's kind of I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Steve handles that um, yeah. because Draymond isn't going to want to sit. Um, I don't think maybe he will. He, you know, he's got his contract. He's yeah. he's not pushing for a contract. But, um, you know, I just think that there's uh, you, you got to balance your desire to win and to uphold the legacy and to and to make the fans who are paying top dollar at Chase happy with being realistic about how long you want these guys to play, how their health is, all of that. Yeah, there's going to be some load management tension, I think, because uh, Kerr is going to want to limit these guys. He's going to want to give them rest days. 
even though the schedule is more favorable, there's fewer back-to-backs and stuff like that. So it's made it a little bit better on him. But still, he got that wear and tear from six years in the playoffs. So there's going to be times when Kerr, who is pretty good about this, is going to say, Draymond, you're going to rest. And Draymond's going to say, I don't want to rest. Right. And not only that, but you can't rest him too much at home because you got Chase Center and Joe Lake sitting there saying, wait a minute, I built this new arena. And, right. And, and, and I just gave Draymond a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he made him a warrior for life. Yeah. So I, I think there <laughs> could be some battles there, but uh, but they, they, they're going to have to rest. Yeah. It is. It's going to be a very fascinating season. I think we can plan that we will have be some vacation time in June. But if we don't, it means we're going to be covering a fantastic story yeah. because they're going to have surprised some people, including including us. Right? Yeah. If it takes them a few a month or two or three or four to get all the pieces together and, and figure out how D'Angelo Russell fits in and and get Clay back. And so they could be theoretically they could be smoking it around playoffs time. If they get to the playoffs, it could be a, a huge factor. On a different topic, um, but again, with a former warrior and back to the subject of ACLs and injury recovery and load management, um, some sad news uh, for DeMarcus Cousins at a practice in Las Vegas. He tore his ACL, which same same leg, right? All on the left leg, the Achilles, the quad tear, and now the ACL out for the season again. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's sad. We've, he was around long enough. I think got, some of us got to know him a little bit as much as we get to know these guys. And he was basically a likable guy, a pleasant guy, an interesting guy. And a, a, he seemed to be a good teammate. The, the Warriors liked him. He fit in great in a lot of ways. And so it was, yeah, everybody, I think everybody felt bad, especially because this guy uh, about a year ago, a little a year and a half ago, was on the verge of signing a, a huge max contract for right. you know, 30, 40, whatever million a year. And now it's going to be lucky if he ever plays again, let alone, you know, come back for some kind of veteran minimum or something. It just, uh, just, just basically looks like it busted his career. Not, not saying he can't come back, but for him to come back like he used to be, it was almost inconceivable. Yeah, it's really sad because I think the other thing that we saw um, by being up close with him is, one, how hard he worked – to not only to get back from the Achilles injury and to become a part of the Warriors. I was there in L.A. for his first game in January. But also then how hard he worked to get back um, from the quad injury uh, during the playoffs because he really, really wanted to be able to contribute. And, and we saw that he did you know, that one fantastic game in Toronto. But, I mean, he was inconsistent at all. But it's just it's hard. The man's body He's made to play basketball, right? Yeah. This is what he's supposed <laughs> right. to do for a living. And, and you know, he kind of was uh, star-crossed by being a very young and immature player at a very dysfunctional organization for most of his career. And uh, it kind of seemed like, you know, things were on the right track with him. He, he yeah. did the right thing by coming to the Warriors to try and, you know, prove that he was a not only a good player but a good guy. And then this this all happened again. Yeah, and I always loved watching him play, even when he had bad games, because it it was almost like he was a a guy they picked out of the stands. It was almost like they said, "Hey, Ann Killian, suit up. We want you to get out there and just play your brains out and play like crazy." And he just went out there and played with this almost childlike enthusiasm and exuberance and everything. And then and to see him go down like that, man, it's kind of sad. Yeah. On a happier note. Steph Curry continues to <laughs> uphold our faith in uh, in professional athletes. The the latest chapter of the Steph is a good guy chronicles is uh, 
this week he pledged a million dollars for the golf program at Howard University. Yeah. Um, really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And he's he's going to support he's going to basically revive and support the men's and women's golf program. Of course, he's not going to leave the women out. We knew that. Um, right. And it was just one of those kind of spur of the moment decisions by Steph, apparently, because he was at Howard University uh, on the campus for a screening of his, the movie that he the documentary he, he produced or co-produced called Emmanuel about a, a mass shooting at a church in, in Charleston, South Carolina, two years ago. And it's a phenomenal movie, by the way. I got a chance to see it. While he was at the screening, he got to, he, I think he played a round of golf with one of the students there. And the student said, boy, it'd be great if we had a golf program. And Steph said, okay, here's your golf program. So, you know, like I, I wrote the other day, it's kind of like the wheel of life. Steph came to show the people his movie, which is a good thing and, and uplifting and spiritually cool and everything. And that led to the revival of the golf program. And now the kids in the golf program have pledged to participate in the Steph and Aisha Curry Foundation. Right. What, eat, eat, uh, play. Learn. Eat, pray. Yeah. No. Play. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. And, uh, and so, yeah. So all these good things happen just because Steph's a good guy. It's interesting, too, because there's a story in the Washington Post with the headline, Tiger Woods couldn't fix golf's diversity problem. Steph Curry takes another shot. That's obviously a huge part of this is, you know, Howard University, of course, most people know is a historically black college. Steph sees that that this game is shutting out a lot of people and there aren't enough kids getting opportunities. And so I, I think it is kind of cool because, of course, in 1994 or something, when Tiger Woods came on the scene with Hello World and he was going to yep. change everything. And really, I mean, we know who he plays golf with. I mean, <laughs> um, he really hasn't changed much if you look if you look around golf. So, um, yeah, is is one of well, his favorite golf partner, Tiger's favorite golf partner, we know is a man who has said that he feels golf should not be for the masses. It should be only for the privileged, only for the people who have earned a certain status in life to play golf. And, and for, for Tiger to hook up so closely with, with that person, um, <laughs> he basically, shoots, <laughs> basically selling out his own principles of let's make golf a democratic sport and take it to the people. And, and so Steph is, care, Steph is walking the walk that Tiger never right. walked, basically. And I think that's you know something that, I mean, Steph walks the walk and some people you know, think he's a phony or some, you know, I always get yeah. asked, is Steph really, is Steph really the way he seems? And the answer is, yeah. Um, until evidence pr proves otherwise, he is, he is. And, yeah. Um, well, it, it's always a risk of making this the Steph suck up show, right? Yeah. But the truth is, you know, I think he, there's a lot of players who say, I'm driven by the haters. I'm, I'm driven to prove people wrong. And, uh, Gee, I'm, I'm mad because a lot of people don't like me or don't miss, they misunderstand me or whatever. I think Steph has either always been above that or has risen above that. He just doesn't care. I get the impression that he's happy with who he is and what he does, and he doesn't care if if half the people out there hate him or think he's a goody-goody or don't think he's this enough or that enough. But mm -hmm. I, And he just goes out there, plays ball with great joy and exuberance and does cool things in life. Yeah, and cool. Find the faults. I don't know if yeah. they're out there. Call. Give us a call. Because <laughs> I want that call. scoop. Exactly. That will that will be the big scoop when we find out something bad about him. Okay. Well, this has been a fun little uh, off season again uh, episode of of Warriors Off Court. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Scott, for joining me. My pleasure. And we'll see you next time. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. 
Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.